and welcome to the Guelph Politicast. I'm Adam A. Donaldson of Guelph Politico. Today I talked to Mike Kelly, a local hockey legend who was the first general manager of the Guelph Storm in 1994, who left and then came back in 2010 before finally retiring in 2017. Kelly is also one of five new inductees to the Guelph Sports Hall of Fame for 2023, and it's surely well-deserved. Because if you've ever been downtown on a Friday night from, let's say, November to April, then you know how much of the action is centralized around the Sleeman Center. The Guelph Storm are a local institution that is the basis for friendships. It's a regular night out for groups and couples, and it's a spigot of fundraising for dozens of groups thanks to their 50-50 draw. So in honor of all that, we're going to talk to the man who turned the Dukes of Hamilton into Guelph's team. The center of the storm is the topic of this week's Guelph Politicast. The team we now call the Guelph Storm started life as a Maple Leafs farm team called the Toronto Marlboros, and then they moved to Hamilton in 1989, which was only a two-year stop, before they came up Highway Number 6 and landed in Guelph. The new team was called the Storm. A man named Tom Douglas submitted the winning entry in a naming contest, and the rest, as they say, was history. The Storm played at the old Memorial Gardens, which now only exists as a facade of City Hall, but it didn't take long for the team to make their mark. They finished first place in the 1994-95 season, and the GM responsible for such a quick turnaround was Mike Kelly. He was rewarded with being voted the OHL Executive of the Year. And the Storm? Well, they made it to their first Memorial Cup in 1996 by making it to the OHO Finals against the host Peterborough Peets. And then by 1998, they had won their first J. Ross Robertson Cup, a.k.a. the Championship Trophy for the Ontario Hockey League. By that point, Kelly had moved on to new challenges with other OHL teams, first as the president and GM for the Windsor Spitfires, and then a year as coach of the Mississauga Ice Dogs. After that, he went overseas to Italy, where he spent three years as the general manager of the Ali Hockey Club before he came back to Guelph, where he helped lead the team to one more OHL championship and a Memorial Cup appearance in 2014. Kelly retired for good a few years later in 2017, but he came back to the Sleeman Center last month to be honored after the announcement that he was joining the Guelph Sports Hall of Fame, along with fastball coach Dave Valance, marathon runner Elizabeth Waywell, swimmer Kevin Auger, and former owner of the Guelph Biltmore's Mad Hatter's Hockey Club, Evan Chesty Brill. But for our purposes... We're just focusing on Mike Kelly on this episode of the Guelph Politicast. We're going to talk to Kelly about how it feels to end up in his now second Sports Hall of Fame, how he ended up making hockey a career in the first place, and how his two loves, hockey and education, informed everything he did in his hockey career. we also talk about his best days as the Storm's general manager and his worst days, Plus, we'll talk about whether he knew which of the young players he was managing would have a future in professional hockey, and how he managed it when it turns out that they didn't. And finally, we will talk about why the Storm is now a Guelph institution, what he's up to these days, and whether or not he still follows the Storm action with the scrutiny of a general manager. So I caught up with Mike Kelly last week via Zoom. 
Mike Kelly, thank you so much for joining me today. My my pleasure. I thought I'd start here. Um, how does it feel to? And I know it when I was doing my research for this. It's not this is not your first Hall of Fame induction, but still, just the same. Guelph Storm, such a big part of your career. How does it feel to be uh, that you're going to be immortalized on the wall at the Sleeman Center? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd be lying if I didn't tell you that it's a real honor, okay? Uh, you know, Guelph is such an iconic sports city to begin with. And, um, you know, the individuals who've been inducted over the years, uh, I've known an awful lot of them. And, uh, gosh, they come from all different uh, sports and different success levels. And uh, I was really humbling to think that I'm – in there with so many uh, great, great former Guelph athletes. I'm really honored and humbled. <laughs> Is there a particular spot on the wall that uh, you've, you've kind of like maybe always wondered, like, that could be the Mike Kelly spot? <laughs> <laughs> honestly, no, because I honestly <laughs> thought there were so many other people associated with the storm that probably deserved it before uh, I did. But um, I love the uh, location of the Hall of Fame. I think, you know, having it in the hallway of the uh, arena gives the maximum exposure. And uh, I'll be tickled pink to see my uh, grandkids uh, wander those halls. And, <laughs> oh, there's Grandpa. Okay, so <laughs> it's pretty neat. Uh, I want to start with, um, I guess, at the beginning, uh I, I did find out that you played junior B hockey when in Coburg, where where you are uh, originated from. Uh, I did not. I was not able to find out how far you got as a player, though. Yeah, you know, I left Coburg at eighteen, and I went to uh, the U.S. and uh, played college hockey uh, there. I graduated from the University of Buffalo, which was a Division II NCAA team, graduated there in uh, 1974. Uh, my goal when I left Coburg, quite frankly, was to become a high school business teacher and coach. And fortunately, I was able to do both even before I actually graduated. I accepted a coaching job at St. Francis High School uh, um, south of Buffalo, and I was able to get a high school uh, teaching job at the business department of Mount Mercy Academy, uh, also in uh, in Buffalo. And uh, from there, I've been in the hockey business, um, you know, right through retirement at one level or another. Mm -hmm. You've held a variety of different positions uh, through the years. You've been a coach. You've been management. You've been a scout. Is there any kind of you've been a player too, of course. So, it, it, like you've you've covered you've covered the gamut in terms of hockey. Is there any particular position that you know you you sort of found was kind of your position, your favorite position in in hockey, or is it all kind of you know just to be involved with the game is enough? No, um, I've enjoyed all levels. Okay, you know, all of them are unique and satisfying. Um, I really think I enjoyed the management uh, part of it the uh, the most. Uh, I think I had the opportunity to um, create an environment for young hockey players that hopefully was conducive to their hockey development and can do was conducive to their development as. Uh, as people and probably had more impact at the management level than I might've even at the coaching level from a family standpoint. Uh, 
it was easier to coach and be able to go home after practice and so forth from a management level. Honestly, you start at 7.30 in the morning getting people to kids to school and uh, you're out uh, scouting oftentimes 10, 10.30 or 11 at night. So it's probably a little bit more demanding for my family, but mm-hmm. it's also the most satisfying uh, um, level that I guess I, I was involved in. For, for people who may not be as hockey first as as maybe some of our listeners <laughs> certainly you um would you mind just talking a, a, i guess giving a bit of a job description about the job of a gm when you're the gm of a hockey team what does that entail um gm of the hockey team um basically you're hired by an ownership group uh um the ownership group is going to have a certain philosophy as to uh how they want the hockey club to be run and to be associated in the uh, in the community um, from the get go uh, in 1991, uh, the group that bought Guelph 23 business people, civic minded people, wanted something for the community, a rallying point, and uh, they brought it for all the right reasons. And uh, I remember they used to say, "Hey, well, we may have the." certificate for the franchise on the wall it's really the community's team and for all the years i was involved with the storm that was certainly uh um the way we went about our our business that it's really the fans uh, um team um secondly i think has to be the responsibility for taking care of kids we have players coming in as young as 15 mm-hmm. through 20 normally 23, 24 uh, um, teenagers in our community, and we're basically responsible for them. Mums and dads drop them off uh, Labor Day and uh, pick (laughs) them up at the end of the uh, season. And uh, um, I'll go to sleep every night, along with my coaches and assistant general managers, okay, knowing that we've got 23 or 24 uh, teenagers that we're responsible uh, for. And that's not a uh, light responsibility. Um, mm. You know, my own two boys obviously went through those teenage years and uh, the demands and challenges and uh, them going through their growth periods and experimental periods. Well, we've got 24 of them. And uh, I think that's probably secondly is, taking care of the welfare of the players and, uh, you know, their, their development. Um, beyond uh, um, that, I guess every general manager writes their own dis- job description uh, a little bit differently. Um, some do very little scouting um, and rely on a head scout, etc. I was very involved uh, in the scouting portion, trying to find the players that we wanted to bring into uh, um, Guelph at any given year. And, Typically, it would be four to 500 hockey games a year. Now, people say, well, how's that possible? There's only 365 days. Well, if you go to a tournament in a place like Whitby and they've got eight rinks going at once and it's a three-day tournament, Mm -hmm. you're maybe watching 30 minutes of one game, 30 minutes of another, and literally you can watch 30 games over a a three-day period. And that's pretty much six days a week that you're at those uh, those arenas. Um, selecting your staff, um, coaching obviously being extremely uh, important, and we were blessed with uh, some superb coaches and assistant coaches and uh, a staff at the uh, scouting uh, uh, level. Okay, again, blessed there that we had some uh, great ones. The interaction uh, with the uh, school, um, 
you know, we had uh, great principals we were dealing with, teachers that we were dealing with, but they needed to know that we were invested, that it wasn't something, hey, it's your responsibility. And I would say I would be at the school twice a week minimum. And actually there uh, at one time, Mike McPherson actually was principal at Lourdes, set me up with an office where uh, if (laughs) teachers needed problems, they could uh, easily uh, find me. We have billet homes, uh, billet families who open up their homes, open up their hearts to our players, but they need support. We can't put them on their own. And again, in some instances, maybe a general manager will have somebody else be their billet, not only coordinator, but supervisor. I tended to take that on uh, on myself. Uh, you know, when I started in 1974 in education, uh, I always felt, you know, kids can fail, but you can't fail kids. And I guess I wanted to make certain our organization did everything possible to look after the welfare of, uh, of uh, the players. The hockey oftentimes would take care of itself, right. the academics and off ice. So that's probably a little bit of more of my way of doing things, the way I ran the uh, franchise. When I say I ran it with help from an awful right. lot of great staff people. <laughs> it's it's interesting given your background and what what you were talking about you know the two things you came out of university valuing education and hockey and you found the perfect job for yourself didn't you (laughs) yeah i did frankly and uh i don't think i changed my objective back then was to hopefully be able to do something for young people that was going to be beneficial in their future lives and success and happiness. And uh, when I left uh, six years ago, that was still my main objective. You came into the storm as this at the same time the storm were coming into Guelph. Um, so you know you essentially found yourself you, you weren't building a team from scratch. The, the the storm were a Hamilton team, but it did fall upon you to sort of take that team and make it a Guelph institution. And I'm curious how you approach that challenge. Um, You know what? Probably didn't do the greatest job my first year, and that has nothing to do with uh, record. I mean, uh, I think the kids that we inherited from Hamilton probably deserved uh, a little better than what I was able to give them that uh, first year. I mean, I was a hockey person and had worked at the European university levels, et cetera. But um, I was somewhat inexperienced, okay, dealing with the OHL, and it is a unique uh, um, part of the hockey uh, industry. Uh, I think we had good players and probably a good team. Um, We obviously did not do very well early part of the season, and that maybe falls on me more than the players. Uh, but we got to a point where we were so far behind that we said, hey, we've got to make a decision to go backwards in order to go forward. So we were able to give some of our better players opportunities to uh, um, go to other teams where they're going to have more success. Todd Gleason, for example, uh, a player we were able to move to Sault Ste. Marie to get younger players back. And Todd was able to go on and win a Memorial Cup in in the (laughs) Sioux. And we always look to put players in better situations and perhaps what they found themselves uh, in Guelph. But um, we wanted to make certain that the team was a part of the fabric of the uh, community. And uh, 
again, that was easy with what the ownership were expecting. Okay, they expected this to be the community's team. The players were superb in getting out into the community uh, with the help of our business people and our public relations uh, um, staff. Um, had to be seen. It was a little bit easier for me. My kids at that point, I believe, were, I'm going to say, 9 and 12. So I was being seen, I think, in the arenas and in the uh, lacrosse uh, pitches and soccer fields and football fields. So I think they saw that Mike Kelly wasn't just there to run the Gulf Storm. Mike Kelly was there to be part of the uh, community. And, you know, that was 1991. And uh, I think to this day, uh, the people that are involved, George Burnett, etc., follows very, very similar philosophy and goes about his business to make certain that the Guelph Storm represents the community of Guelph the way the Guelph people would want it to be represented. You know, that's kind of like a I, I, a goes both ways thing because I mean I'm I'm not a sports person, but I'm I'm trying. I'm trying hard, Mike. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, just by my natural disposition, I'm not a sports person. And, and you know, I remember going to a storm game for the first time and kind of being a little surprised just how many and it was like an October, November, so it wasn't even like in do or die time at the end of the season trying to make playoffs and things like that. But just how big a draw, how big of like th this this siren song of the Sleeman Center is to the community. Um at what point did you realize that? the city had taken real ownership of the team and, and that that relationship was really reciprocal. You know what, probably um, I'm trying to think my last two years that I was uh, in Guelph, we obviously had a championship uh, team in 14. We took another run at it in 15 and, uh, and fell short. And then we were obviously in a position where we had to rebuild uh, the next uh, two years and go for a deep rebuild, go young draft picks, be extremely patient. And, uh, you know, we missed the playoffs two consecutive years after not having uh, missed them in 28 years prior to that. Now, you'd think, okay, two years like that, the fans are going to react. The attendance is going to drop. Right. I remember talking at the year-end banquet when I uh, had retired, <laughs> and you're thanking everybody. And I had to say to the business department, you know, we always used to kind of have the rivalry. What brings the people in, the success of the hockey club or the marketing savvy of the business department? And I had to take my hat off to them because for two years with subpar teams, you know, a 43-point season one year, and I think it was a 66-point the other, our attendance didn't drop one iota. But give the fans credit. I think what we found that over the years that we've been here, while well, hockey brings them to the arena, it's the friendships and the camaraderie that they have amongst themselves. Uh, uh, my wife was a uh, regular uh, um, fan and sat with the same people game after game. I'm not certain how much she actually watched the game, okay? But <laughs> she was there in advance and talking to her good friends between periods and so forth. And it was a night out. It was a reason. The Storm are playing. Hey, let's grab a coffee in the coffee shop in the mall. Let's grab a bite to eat here. Okay, the game's over. Why don't we go here and, uh, you know, have a drink before we go uh, home? And um, a mixed crowd. We had a lot of young people but we had superb support from the 50-plus crowds. Uh, they came year after year after year and shouldn't be surprised. The 
<laughs> Within 10 days of my arriving in Guelph uh, in 91, I remember going to Memorial Gardens and we were going to do a cold calling on the phone, um, trying to get season ticket people, if people interested in season tickets. And there were some uh, um, people there who were former uh, fans of the uh, former uh, Guelph team uh, right. that had left to go to Owen Sound. And they made those calls and made those calls. And 28 years later, they were still side by side. What do you need, Mike? Okay, they were part of the Guelph fan club 28 years later. I mean, talk about de dedication, the Barry Montgomery's of the uh, of the world. Okay, so can't say it's surprising, but probably <laughs> the last two years that I was there when we really tested, you know, uh, how loyal they were. That's when you. Were, I was extremely impressed. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm curious. The name Guelph Storm. I know it was like a contest, and names are tricky. Sometimes people have like an immediate bad reaction to the name. When you heard that your team was going to be the Guelph Storm, what was your thought? What are we going to do for a mascot? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, if you're the river rats or, uh, the wolves <laughs> or something, um, no, I liked the storm, you know, um, I was, I thought we could do something with it and, you know, storm its strength and, uh, it depicts what we wanted to be known as an organization. So, uh, no, I was very supportive of the, of the name. Well, the kids like Spike. Uh, it's uh, he, he, it all worked out in the end. But my grandson was scared to death of him his first couple of years. Spike <laughs> would come up and he'd run. My goodness. <laughs> well, I mean, once you get used to him, um, no, absolutely. <laughs> this is a, this is something I, I was kind of interested about. The um, OHL, you you said it, it's this interesting thing in in the hockey world. You have young men who. Um, you know, are at the, the point of their career where they're either going to move on to the pros um, and even the ones who sort of like get drafted and, and who, you know, go to the farm teams and all that, they don't, they won't necessarily make like the starting lineup in the NHL. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking for people like you who run the team and for the coaches who work with the, the, the players, it must be an unusual position for you because you're, you're looking at your team and you're, you're, and it must occur to you from time to time, like this may be the end of the line for some of these guys. This may be as far as mm -hmm. they go. And that must be a difficult thing when every every man on that team wants to go to wants to be that star, wants to be on the one of those NHL teams. Yeah, there's no question. I think everybody that comes into the league, that's what they're aspiring uh, um, for. Um, we're up front with kids from the you know, weekend where we bring them in for orientation after the draft with the parents, uh, et cetera. Statistically, here's where it's going to be. If we can get one player out of every draft class and you're drafting 15 players a year who plays long-term in the National Hockey League, we're probably beating the odds, okay? Mm -hmm. If we can get three players who actually sign NHL deals, which doesn't mean they're playing in the NHL, we're right. probably beating the odds. We're doing better than in most uh, teams are. So you've got to understand as one of 15 players that have drafted, okay, 
this isn't going to come to the NHL stardom for uh, most of you. You've got to then look and see what can you take out of this for your experience? Why would you want to commit and, and so forth? And that's, I think, where our basic values, our principles come into, okay? Uh, anybody that's coming through the Guelph Storm organization, they're going to know about work ethic. They're, they're going, we're going to demand it, and they're going to have to do it to be able to play. That's something that's going to stay with them for their, uh, for their lives. Discipline, okay? On-ice discipline, off-ice discipline. You can't win without it, okay? And, you know, for four years, they're going to uh, um, to uh, live with the teamwork. Uh, the fact that, hey, you can't win with one or two or three. You've got to have 23 players, okay, pulling in the right direction. And besides, it's a whole lot more fun to do it together. You know, respect, <laughs> respect for yourself, respect for your family name, respect for your teammates, your community. You know, we used to say, hey, you know, you go into school and you're a Guelph Storm, you may be a little bit bigger than some of them, taller, people know who you are, but look down the, uh, you know, down the road at the locker, okay, that kid over there, he might be the kid that's, uh, you know, a world-class violinist, or they look the other way, you might have somebody who's working at the soup kitchen, okay, taking care of some unfortunate people. Right. Those type of values, we don't put hey you've got to make the nhl to make this successful and uh, um our players by and large uh, if they don't sign pro contracts 90 percent of them are attending university or uh, a community college or whatever we've always said yeah kids are excited when they sign with us at 16 generally if we were to do a uh, a survey at the end of their junior career would you was this successful this work I'd say 90% would say absolutely. I want 20 years after they've left us, I want those players to want their kids to be drafted by the Guelph Storm because mm. they know we were committed to doing things right, to taking care of players, and that their four-year experience with them helped them one way, shape, or form find a fulfilling, happy life. Mm-hmm. Skills building can um, be used in, in numerous ways, some of those skills. No question about it. No mm -hmm. question about it. Yeah, the soft skills as well that they develop, okay, the public relations, et cetera, they mm -hmm. go a long ways in this world. Mm -hmm. This is another aspect of, of your job I was curious about. In you know, you, You've had some experience with this, watching players go on to play in the NHL, to be those star players. Is there a way when you're looking at a team where you can see the ones who might go the furthest? Or is it like, I guess, how much of this is just, you know, luck as well? No, I think you develop an eye for players who might have the best chance of being NHLers. And uh, when we're drafting them at 16, we're not necessarily taking the best 16 year olds at the time. Um, right. Oftentimes we're selecting players who we think are going to be the best at 18 and 19 uh, rather than the best 16 year olds who may be bypassed by some players that we see something special. And I would take a couple of players, the first draft that we did once I came back from uh, Guelph, uh, Ben Harper uh, was a, uh, player that we took in the fourth round, 6'6". Six, six. Uh, most teams had him rated 
sixth, seventh round. We stepped up on, actually, it was the third round now that I uh, think of it. And probably wasn't ready to play uh, with the Guelph Storm as a 16-year-old. We kept him, nurtured him, played him every second game. And, you know, now he's in his seventh or eighth year. Uh, um, Jason Dickinson, uh, that particular draft, uh, we probably saw a little bit more in him than we saw of some of his teammates with Halton. Teammates were rated higher. We took a, a liking to him, drafted him in the second round. We've also, the flip side of it, We've taken some kids in the first round and the second round, we thought, and kids that we took in the third and fourth round ended up being better than first and second rounders. So this mm. draft is not perfect. Uh, mm -hmm. We make mistakes. We just hope we make <laughs> fewer mistakes than the 19 other teams in the league. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you, as, as we're talking, you're wearing your, you're wearing the colors, you're wearing a Guelph storm shirt. Uh, it makes me think, Given, you know, how much of your life you put into that team, uh, how much attention do you play? Do you pay to what's going on with, with the storm now? Or is it like maybe too big of a, I, I guess, a, you know, you see something that George is doing and you think, well, I would have done that differently. Like, is it too big of a. <laughs> no, uh, you know what? I follow the storm uh, games uh, on my uh, iPad here period by period, uh, maybe <laughs> even more so at times. I know the minutes that each players are being played. Now, in all honesty, this is the first draft that I haven't known the players personally. Um, the last players that I would have drafted would have graduated, not this past year, but the year uh, before. So it takes a little bit of it out, but uh, <laughs> when there were still some players that my group was associated with drafting. You pay even closer attention, but uh, you know, George and I have had a a long relationship. When I left for uh, for Calgary, my first stint uh, in Guelph, um, I more or less selected George as the uh, coach back then. That would have been what year uh, ninety seven, I guess it uh, it was. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, lo and behold. I had quite an influence, I guess, on the ownership selecting George because I firm, believe so firmly that he was the right person for it, and that certainly proved uh, correct. So do I second-guess George? Absolutely. Did George <laughs> second-guess me? Absolutely. We're competitive. I say that uh, tongue-in-cheek. We're very, very supportive of each other, and uh, our philosophies for taking care of kids and building teams, I think, are very similar. It's hard to quit. Like completely. You know what? Um, it is. Uh, but I think I put my family on the back burner for probably 10 or 12 years. And uh, when I, I had eight years in Europe where I was with my kids 24 hours a day, I was on the ice when they were on the ice. Uh, my job only entailed three hours a day of coaching the senior team and uh, I could walk them to school and we could do all of that. It all changed in 91 when I got back here and found out how competitive uh, the Ontario Hockey League was. <laughs> and I went from, you know, 40 hour weeks in, uh, in Europe to literally 90 hour weeks here. And I had to uh, do that for probably the next 20 years. Much of it fell upon my, uh, my wife, the child rearing. Uh, I'm embarrassed to say, uh, you know, I watched four or 500 games. And when my oldest son was playing tier two junior or junior B, I might've seen him four times a, mm. uh, a year. 
I've had the opportunity now since retiring to uh, spend a lot of time with my grandchildren. Uh, we're probably going to go and watch one of my granddaughters in a rowing competition in St. Catharines on, uh, on Sunday. And I guess I hope by spending a lot of time with the grandkids that I'm making up for a little bit of time with my sons that I didn't spend with them. So do I miss it? Absolutely. Do I love the storm? Absolutely. But I've made the right uh, decision for the right reasons. And uh, um, I love the time that I have with my family that I didn't have before. Your granddaughter does rowing. That is interesting. Um, <laughs> I, I, I want to ask you this question. Um, what was your best day as Guelph Storm GM? And what was your worst day? Um, probably the best day, uh, was when Jeff O'Neill and his father met with us and said that they were excited about coming to Guelph as the first overall pick, because, uh, as I said, the 1991-92 season, the first there, we set almost a record for futility and, uh, we needed help. And obviously we didn't give re people a lot of reason to, believe in Mike Kelly and the Gulf Storm organization at that point in that at time, you know, after a half hour meeting and John Lovell was with me at the time, our, uh, our uh, new coach, uh, they were enthusiastic. They wanted to be in Guelph and what a relief that was. And <laughs> that probably helped turn around the whole situation. And there's no question that it, it, uh, it did the worst day. Um, well, you know what, uh, you know, we've had some of our players pass away already, mm -hmm. um, you know, hard to believe, uh, but, you know, some of the uh, kids that were there in 1991 were 20-year-olds, so now they're getting into their, uh, their 50s themselves, and mm -hmm. uh, hard to believe, but when those things happen, it's extremely difficult to deal with it. I bet. Maybe to wrap up, uh, we, we talked about immortalizing you on the wall at the Sleeman Center. Um, when you know, would people see that that plaque and they think about you know the Mike Kelly era and the establishment of the Storm and all those you know championship victories and you know maybe the seasons where there wasn't a victory and it, it was just good times. You know, when they close the book on you, I. I hate to phrase it that way, but uh, you know, when when you are just that plaque on the wall, what do you hope people say about Mike Kelly and his time at the Gulf Storm? Just that he was a good person that cared about Guelph and cared about the young people I was with and uh, cared about the staff that I worked with. Okay, um, I hope they knew I gave it all, and I've always said that a true leader. Uh, puts the needs of the people that they're leading ahead of their own needs. I'd like to think people to think of me in that light. Well, I, that, that sounds like characteristic humility for someone who's about to be, uh, enter the sports hall of fame. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, I'll wrap up by just saying like, congratulations, Mike. Uh, it's, it's, it's well-earned uh, the Guelph storm getting to be such a, such a valuable, um, uh, I guess, a valuable entity in the community uh people love the team they love watching the team play they love being there friday night and uh that's in no small part because of you so thank you for that and thank you for your time today thanks for your kind words i'm really humbled 
And once again, that was Mike Kelly, the 2023 Guelph Sports Hall of Fame Induction and Kiwanis Sports Celebrity Dinner is tonight, Wednesday, May 17th at the Italian Canadian Club. All of this year's inductees will then be immortalized on the wall at the Sleeman Center, along with all the other current members of the Hall of Fame. Now, as you may be aware, the Guelph Storm are off-season right now, obviously, but all the remaining CHL teams still playing playoff hockey will gather in Kamloops starting on May 26th for the Memorial Cup. The OHL rep is still to be determined, but it will either be Storm Division rivals the London Knights or it will be the Peterborough Peets. So I guess stay tuned to learn more. And that's it for this edition of the Guelph Politicast. The music for the Guelph Politicast comes from KPM Classics and Sid Dale. The Guelph Politicast is usually recorded at CFRU, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. And to learn more about CFRU, go to CFRU.ca. You can download the Guelph Politicast every Wednesday from Apple, Stitcher, Google, TuneIn, and Spotify. And when you subscribe to the Guelph Politicast channel, you will get an episode of Open Source's Guelph on Mondays and an episode of End Credits on Fridays. You can follow Guelph Politico on social media at Guelph Politico on Twitter and at Politico Guelph on Facebook. You can follow me personally at Adam A. Donaldson on Twitter and Instagram, or you can send me an email at adamadonaldson at gmail.com. If you would like to help financially support the work of Guelph Politico, you can get all that information at guelphpolitico.ca slash donate. And finally, for all the latest local political news, check out guelphpolitico.ca, where we will have a new episode of the Guelph Politicast for you next week. And until then, well, we'll see you next time. <laughs>